Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. We are all about unifying a generation of college students to be disciple-making followers of Jesus. It's our goal each week to equip and empower you to make disciples on your college campus. Whether you're enrolled in a university, taking a gap year, attending school virtually, or simply 18 to 25, grab your AirPods and let's have a conversation. There's something about a dance floor that brings people together in the weirdest of ways. <laughs> um, Caitlin and I are, okay, this may come across as a shocker to you all that listen. We're not big dancers. We're not really the whole like, hey, let's dance for hours. Um, it was difficult to even just dance at our own wedding. Like we had a dance and we had them, you know, the typical dances that you have at receptions at a wedding. But that was pretty much it. That was all. We mm-hmm. did what we, you normally do, and then we were done. And then we ate, and we talked to people, and that was it. Yeah, we, I think we definitely did, like, the Cupid Shuffle, because, like, everybody can we did? do the Cupid Shuffle. We did the Cupid Shuffle at our wedding? Yeah. Of course I remember that. Yes, it was wonderful. Yeah, but when we go to weddings, Adam and I will strategically position ourselves where we can observe. That's right. You know, we, people watch. We love to people watch. Oh, yeah, especially during those moments. time for dancing. And even more specifically... We had the greatest opportunity to attend a wedding this past weekend, and we were kind of like hiding out in a corner where another line was forming for a photo booth. We had already been through the photo booth, but we knew we kind of like looked like we were in line for the photo booth, so nobody could be like, you know, point at you from 20 feet away and like start like moving your fingers like, hey, get over here, get out on the dance floor. There are two different kinds of people at a wedding reception that involves lots of dancing. There are the people that want to just sit there and be left alone. And then there are the people that are looking for the people that want to be left alone and you're pulling them in Absolutely. because you like to rage and dance. Yes. And Emily Gilliu, I'm calling her out. She's that person. She's looking for people to be like, get out here. Let's go. And we're the ones hiding. And, you know, yeah, we don't. even had a conversation with Tom. We were like, Tom, we're not dancers. Yeah. We stay in the corner. He was like, me too. It's a successful <laughs> wedding if I don't get on the dance That's floor. Right. We were like, agreed. Yes, don't make eye here, contact. Don't make eye contact with the people dancing. Just do your own thing. It usually helps to, you know, be eating something or pretend like you're eating something or maybe even uh, look as if you're in a very uh, important, like, conversation with someone i'm busy in the moment like oh y'all are dancing i'll be out there there's a whole strategy around avoiding yes dancing in a you, wedding if you don't dance you know what we're talking about that's right you know exactly where we are yeah. um so can we explain then what happened this weekend Dex? yeah so okay so something came over us so yes there was a moment that a lady that was setting up the photo booth she needed guinea pigs to be the first ones we were lucky enough to be pulled you know, everyone rushed to the dance floor. It's dance time. And so the, the whole, like, uh, dance avoiding anxiety kicked in for Caitlin and I where it's like, okay, here, this is the moment. Are we going to pull this off and just be, a, you know, observers and watch people? Or are we going to end up getting roped in and feeling dumb out on the dance floor? Then this lady comes by and she's like, y'all come take a picture at the at the photo booth. We were like, sweet, like, perfect. That's a great thing to do. So we go and, you know, what was it? Terry Sue said we had a bus that was coming to pick us up because it was kind of a haul to get back to our hotel, and it was eight fifteen. And she goes, "We still have two hours until the bus comes 
there's no way that we're going to be able to pull this off and be observers for the next two hours. Yeah, we pretty much just decided. Can't. We were like, it's 8.15. We got to dance. Like, we... We've got to dance. We're, we're one, not going to be sitting here lame for like two hours trying That's to avoid right. the dance floor. And two, we, j- we just got to get out there. It helps that the, the playlist was great, amazing. Great DJ. I personally knew a lot of the songs. And I, I will say like in my ripe old age mm. of 33, right? <laughs> I, yes. I'm not as like trendy with all the songs on the dance floor. I did learn a new dance too. I, Casey Sorry. taught me a new dance. Casey Glover, shout out. I don't out. even know the name of the song or whatever, but it was super fun, and I was really proud of myself because I have no rhythm, and I got it, you know? It was yeah. just like a count one, two, three, four thing, and you should be good. It's great. It's great. Um, and it was just so much fun. I think what I know confidently what had a lot to do with it was the community of people that were there. I think um, that's one thing, and this is where we're headed today, is just talking about the importance of community and especially – Right now in your life, the people that you're impacting and the people that are impacting your life, um, it's very likely that you don't even understand the magnitude of of that friendship quite yet. And so it's always nice when you go to a wedding. Like I know me, I tend to reflect a lot. I tend to just sit back and like try to just I'm, – I'm just grateful for what's happening and I think about all the different dynamics and the families and the friends and everybody that's shown up for this couple. And so I think um, – the community that was there for us, this this particular wedding was kind of like a little bit of a family reunion. Yeah. I said because um, it was we had a lot of our friends, um, students that have basically turned friends, um, and the community that we built through refuge and all of that is just was was definitely there. And so we kind of had a good group of people, family. It felt like to kind of get out there on the dance floor, be silly with, laugh, have the best time. And so um, I think. That's what made a big difference, too. For starters, when you have that close-knit group, you know that they're not judging you for your dance moves. So when you do go out there and start dancing, it's it's your people. You know what I mean? So, like, they're just glad you're with them. They oh, don't, yeah. They're not, like, looking at your dance moves and going, okay, that looks lame. Please go sit down. And, you know, there's none of that. They all love you out there, and it's great. And it's true. And all the dancers have always told me, they're like, Oh, we all look stupid out here. Like, you just get out here and do your thing. Like, that's what dancing is. It's just fun. And I'm like, yeah, like, some easy of y'all for looks, you to say. Some of y'all look stupid, and some of y'all just look like, some of us looked like professional dancers. Exactly. So, so anyways, it was, it was a had fun it going time. On. Fun time with friends. But it was fun. Well, one point, other than the dancing part, that I was going to say was there's community, and then there's, like, community impact. And... The difference in those two things is your intentionality. So you can have a group of friends, maybe you grew up going to school together, or your family that whether you like it or not, you're stuck with them, or you know, coworkers, same thing, you're stuck with them, uh, classmates, roommates, whatever it may be. There are people that are in your life because they have to be, because of the circumstances, because of them being there. Um, that's your community. And now what you're going to do with that, the intentionality that you put into it determines the kind of impact that you are going to have on your community or your community is going to have on you. And this wedding was an amazing reflection of what it looks like when you are very intentional with the community that you've been given, the people, the family that you have, the friends around you, the people in your life. Uh, it was so cool to sit back and just watch. And again, like we, there were a lot of people there that we knew, but there was a, a, a handful, a large handful of people that we did not know. 
but it was still really neat to just see. And weddings are a cool way of, of bringing groups of people. I remember at our wedding, it was my group of friends, your group of friends, your family, my family, and everyone's in the same place for one reason, and it's you. <laughs> and it feels a little weird at first, and you're like, oh, I feel bad. I hope everyone's having a good time. And then you just end up blocking all that out because you get lost in the moment. But it's a really cool combo of these communities coming together and when you spend intentionality in, in into your own community you see the ben- and not that everything's for benefit but you start to see like what can really come from it and that's the impact that the community can have on you right and i think um you've if you listen to this podcast at all um and you've listened to any past episodes it'd be easy really easy to kind of scroll back through our previous episodes and and find some other podcasts that might land on this topic a little bit about community. But I think um, ultimately there's a – with the kind of community we're talking about too, I think there's a common interest, right? It's not necessarily the person, but it's like these deep relationships, they've got roots that go way back. And there's something common there that's tying them all together. And I think that's what was really evident, and I think that um, – what we should all strive for in our lives is, is really a Jesus-centered community. Just finding those friends that um, are exemplify Jesus, that point you towards Jesus, that um, cheer you on, that listen to you, that you're, you know, you're never alone. Um, you always have somebody to go to. And I think there's, it's also important to say, you know, there's community too, that you don't have those exact same interests. Like we have those groups of people that look different, sure. that believe different things that, um, that aren't just like us. I think that's a super important part of our community. But when we're talking about doing life on life, like with people and day in, day out, um, I think there's usually some commonality within all of them. And so think about your friends. Think about the community that you have surround you. What is um, the the common theme within y'all's friendship and relationships? And that usually is going to drive the priorities and how you um, – how you set the precedent for what your friendship will be like. And so I think that that's, that's what was really evident too, is like, okay, this, this community of people um, have really set it a priority to pursue the Lord and make that the focus of their friendship. And then everything else flows from that. And so I think you can just see the fruit that comes from that group of people when you really say like those things out loud to each other and this is what you're working towards and this is your goal and this is who you follow and what you believe and who you want to be and when you're all on that same page together you can push each other towards christ and that's where the the impact is created right when and this goes for everything in our life but when christ is at the center then people around you understand that that's your ultimate motive that that's your ultimate drive and whether they are fully on that page or whether they're in a season where they're not, the understanding that Christ is the center is always there. It never, it never fluctuates in and out of season. It's still in the same spot. And so then the community around you knows that that's the center. And so they may not be like, I think back on our wedding and people that were in it. And I think about people that were there at the wedding and then, you know, 10 years go by and things change. Like, if that's one thing to note about your community now, whether you're listening to this and you're in college, your freshman year, senior year, you graduated, whatever it may be, our communities go through seasons just like we go through seasons. And so who was your whoever was your strong community, you know, when you're in high school or in college may not be there 
you know, by the time you graduate, it may be completely different. And so your community is going to change. But what's key in that is when Christ is the center, it doesn't matter if your community changed because those people that were in your community or are in it now or whatever are going to be in it in the future, there's always that common denominator of Christ at the center. Mm-hmm. And that that is the key in it. And that's where you start to see I don't want to say it's easier, but I, I, I kind of think it is. It, it will be easier for your community to have that impact in your life and for you to have an impact in your community's life when Jesus is at the center. Okay. Nothing's easy. Nothing nothing comes easy. I'm just saying that the confusion of like how to navigate awkward moments or tension or relationships that may be going bad, all of that stuff is a little more clear when you know that your your first starting point is Jesus. Uh, and then you begin to see people in your community grow. You begin to see people in your community push you and help you grow, which is huge because we need people. Um, and I just, I know for us, you know, being in a room where there were, you know, former students, when we say that, it's because I started as a student pastor years ago. And uh, these students that were, ninth graders, you know, are now getting married, which is weird and makes me sound and feel old. Uh, don't look at me like that, Caitlin. Uh, but it's weird. But they're, you know, when they started, when I started student pastoring, I had a huge eighth and ninth grade group, a really large group. That was the majority of our, our youth group. And now they're seniors and they're getting married, uh, which is so cool. But what's fun about it is to look at that group and to see how God orchestrated people around them. Yes, people that were there, you know, that I've known for a long time, but then also new people that came along sophomore, junior year. I mean, we say this a lot to, to young couples, but there may be someone right now that is your best friend that you're like, oh my gosh, I love them. They're never going anywhere. And by the time you find the right person and have your wedding, they may not even be in your wedding. Like, I know that sounds harsh, but it's just reality. Things change. Pe- seasons change. People move on. You know, stuff happens. Um, but no matter who your your community is or who is in your life at that moment in that season. I mean, there's people that were in our wedding right now that we aren't close with as much because we don't talk to them as much uh, or we don't live in the same town as them or we don't, you know, seasons change, things change. Yes, we're still friends with all of our people, but uh, they may not be our close-knit community. And so when Jesus is at the center, no matter who your community is, it's always clear that he is the first and foremost in all of it. Yeah, I think there was a couple of moments at this wedding, and I have I been saying that a lot? I'm not sure, but no. <laughs> Lars and Michaela, they're the bride and groom. I think one thing that was so evident as Jesus being the center of their lives and their friendships and the community that they had brought together um, was just the humility that they showed on, like, the day the only day of your whole life where like it's almost acceptable to kind of be selfish and to be not sure. prideful but yeah. hey this is all about, about me. me today right <laughs> but there is like three particular things that happened that i thought were so unique and they just really stood out to me and one was when um everybody processed out after the ceremony and you know typically the bride and groom go off they start taking pictures they go into their own little special suite well Lars and Michaela, like everybody processed out and they came back in and hugged their moms and hugged their dads and, and then hugged every single person that showed up for them that day. They waited and, and let everybody leave one by one so they could greet them and hug them and tell them, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Um, and I just thought that was really special. Um, I also remember that, um, Lars came up to pray for the meal 
And before he, he prayed over the the dinner that night, he basically just like presented the gospel. He was like, I That's just want to make sure everybody in this room understands like we're here for Jesus and like Jesus alone. Like this isn't just about us. Like this is what he's done for me. This is why he's given me like Michaela as my wife. And, um, I thought that was just really cool to kind of set the focus on the Lord, like from the get go of the reception that night when again, it's a night that is so much just about them. He's like, no, let me just make sure this isn't all about us. Like this is all about, um, like Jesus and how much he loves us. I think that was, that's cool. That was really cool. Did you have any moments like that? Um, I, you know, I kept thinking of the quote from the office. Uh, it's the very last line that I believe Michael Scott has, but he's sitting there and Dwight and Angela, if you haven't watched it, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but get with it. It's been over for years. Uh, but Dwight and Angela just got married and they're at the wedding and everyone's at the reception, whatever. And the shot is on Michael Scott and he's got gray hair now. Cause he's like, he's been gone for a little while. And he said, I feel like all my kids grew up and then married each other. <laughs> uh, and it's obviously kind of a silly thing because it sounds like he's saying all his kids married each other. But uh, that's honestly how I felt a little bit. Like just seeing all these former students of mine and then just seeing uh, Lars and Michaela finally get married after long distance. And uh, it was just a cool, I don't know, it was just a really special moment to see people grow up. And obviously for what we're doing with college ministry now, uh, we're probably going to be attending a lot of weddings, uh, which we hope, which is fun. Uh, we love seeing it, love being a part. But uh, what is just a huge blessing to us is to see college students grasp the importance of living for Jesus in college. Uh, don't use college to figure it out, like quickly figure it out and live for him while you're in college. And so many college students there on at this wedding, uh, we've just been able to witness and watch God move and work in their life. And we've been able to see them grow. Uh, and we've been able to see them make disciples on their college campus. And to me, that was just an awesome, it was a celebration, yes, of a wedding, but it was just really cool to see that that was, uh, that that was something that was so prevalent inside this uh, specific community. But uh, we just wanted to, one, give a little overflow chat about the the wedding because it is so fresh in our minds, but then just the importance of um, not just, you're going to have community around you no matter what. Like, unless you just sit in your room, never go out, Uber eats all the time, just have it brought to you and you're, you know, a hermit crab, whatever. Uh, but otherwise, you're going to have people around you. You're going to have some kind of community. But is your community having an impact in your life and are you having an impact in the lives of the people in your community. That takes intentionality. We talk about those words a lot. Those are like hot topic trigger words for us, but that's the challenge. That's the question we want to ask you and uh, just hope that that is a helpful thing for you uh, as you think about it, process that out. And uh, thanks for checking out the Refuge Podcast and we will catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Refuge Podcast. We pray that these 15 to 20 minutes have equipped and encouraged you to be a disciple and make disciples right where you are. We release a new podcast every Monday, so be sure to subscribe, rate, and review if you like this podcast. That would help us. Also, to see a clear picture of what is going on with the Refuge Retreat, follow us on Instagram at the Refuge Retreat NC. Our mission is to unify a generation of college students to be disciple-making followers of Jesus, and hopefully over there, you'll see just that. Thanks for following along, and we'll see you next week.